You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. You know, it's like when I get up in the morning, I'm like, fuck, I gotta do a show. But this time, it's like the shows I'm doing, I'm fucking pumped because I got my winners from the Hayes Secret Cup. Thank you to everybody who attended, all the people that came, hung out, costumes, party, wrestling, comedy, DJs. Shout out to my boy Jason Brown, grandson of the James Brown, godfather of soul, rest in peace. You'd be smiling, your grandson fucking mixing it up like a mixed master with his whole array of DJs thrown down through the night and everybody having a great time. But we got two of our winners, Joe from Good Greens and Nick from Buddies. We got the live resin winner in the house, and we got the hybrid flower winner in the house. But before we get to them, what's up, Ty? You know, I'm chilling down at the end. I'm pretty high, but I'm excited to talk to these, these two fantastic gentlemen that had some absolutely killer products. And let's talk about those killer products. Ty? I mean, first of all, I, I mean, we got a huge shout out to Joe because not only did he oh, win, yeah. oh, not yeah. only did he win, but he also, he also kept the, the, uh, the, the flower bar is plentiful, plentiful all night, heavily, which was every heavily. every. So I mean, I think, I mean, definitely the most smoked flower of the Absolutely. night. Absolutely, everybody was Hands obsessed. Down. It, it was down. it was so. We had so like good. these. We had like these like heads, animal heads with their like mouths open, filled with yeah. Joe's bud. Now that, that didn't sway the judges or anything because they didn't know that that was it. It's not like we were extremely like publicizing it because we didn't want to sway the competition, but. People knew that that was some dang shit. Now, if they uh, happen to have noticed that the bud was the same as the bud in the one wonderful jar that said good greens, then maybe that influence could have helped. Yeah. But strategy is also a part of the Hayes Secret Cup. So if Truth. that is part of it, then he knows what he needs to do to take that motherfucking cup home. Yeah, I appreciate all the love, guys. Yeah, man. So, Joe, tell us about... You and your love of this bud, and then we'll get into that wonderful facility that you guys have. All right, man. So, uh, Good Greens, we are a group of uh, Los Angeles-based cultivators, you know, and uh, what we're really trying to do is just put out the highest quality flower we can. Um, you know, I got uh, Phil, Ray, and Luis all on the team, and, uh, you know, for a lot of, uh, you know, for bigger picture stuff, uh, you know, I'm looking at the supply chain, the where we're getting our genetics from, right? Node Labs and cultivated, you know, Sergio. And then even with the breeder, Tristan, you know, it's literally, we all know each other in the supply chain. We're actually able to see that we're getting good genetics. Yeah. We're, you know, and we're, you know, following through on it. And, you know, that's like pineapple Pez, you know, it's, you know. Yeah. I said this on the last time on the show, man. You know, fire and fire out, man. If it wasn't for fire genetics, man, you're never ever going to be able to produce, you know, good bud. That's just the reality. Oh, and, yeah. and let's talk about the other flavors you got there right now. Or, or the ones you've been going through. Let's talk about some of them and like what your feelings about some of those strains and why some actually didn't make the cut. Because I kind of find that that might be very interesting. So, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to what I like my personal preference right and you know because at the end of the day like I want to burn my own products so a lot of it kind of comes down to like what I, I want to you know burn what I grow and so I want to grow what I want to burn yeah right? of course Absolutely. Man. yeah you know I'm yeah. always kind of chasing flavors too something's right? real odd if you are at a cultivation facility and you don't like to smoke that bud yeah. Something yeah. is really, really fucking wrong. <laughs> so, and I wonder how many people that actually happens to. It could be a lot of people, you know? That's fucking wild. Tell us about the strains. So, you know, I like gas. I like fuel. And, you know, a bunch of the stuff I've run through, like from a compound recently, um, 
uh, got the white runs, the orchata, the lemon pastries. And I think I you saw the lemon yeah. pastries. Yeah. Wow, that's a name there. I haven't seen yeah. or, or heard of that one yet. So uh, it's. I, I'm a fan of lemon. Yeah. Any skunk in it? No, you know. So it's an Oreos, and I think it's jet fuel gelato. Okay. Um, but it it's got like you know loud lemon terps and the buds look you know they're fire i mean it, oh, okay. it, they, they look amazing dope and it tastes legit you know it tastes like it you know it tastes like it's supposed to so yeah man that's fucking that's great dude and do they all do some of them take a lot longer than others to bud you know so the lemon pastries that pheno was kind of a shorter squatter plant and it probably looked like it could have finished faster, right? You know, compared sure, to there's sure. a couple other strains that want to go at least 70 days, you know. Absolutely. So, it, it, you know, every strain kind of has its own influence. And, you know, it's hard trying to be in a production facility because you've got to take all those things into account. So, what, what you know, typically what ends up happening is you, I find strains that kind of work. You know, I, I run nine weeks. So I want sure. to try and okay. find strains that work okay. well within that time frame. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And that works for you and your facility. And working with those beautiful plants, um, we were asking some of the other growers your philosophy or do you bump any music for those fine ladies? When we're in the room working, yeah, we will. You know, we'll, okay. not specifically for the ladies, but okay. yeah, they definitely hear a lot of different stuff throughout the course of- And, uh, what, and what kind of stuff they get to jam to? Everything, man. Okay. Literally, you know, you know, <laughs> every day, uh, you know, somebody else will choose music or, you know. Okay. So, so we, we get everything. And then, you know, it's fun to play some other stuff that maybe, maybe you know, you don't have a lot of experience with, right? But, you know, I'm a yeah. big fan of, so. Yeah. And has there been any, um, has there been any uh, situations for you personally where the plant, uh, you know, um, had that kind of effect on you? Um. You know, I think a lot of it just comes down to what we want to get out of it, right? And again, you know, I'm always kind of chasing for, you know, the flavor or the taste or the terps, right? And, you know, we were talking about it before that you spend, uh, you know, all this time looking at this bud, especially for the first time you've grown this strain and you kind of like wondering what it's going to be like and it keeps changing and... Yeah, at the end of it, you get to try it out and see what actually, you know. Yeah, out. yeah, absolutely. The, and the cool thing is, and like the people that follow along with the shows and stuff, um, they know that I personally have a a cool, like a you know interesting little relationship with the with the pineapple uh, that you were growing because uh, the first time we ever stopped by your facility and we were able to walk through it, like. When we when we first came into that room, it, it punched us in the face, and then we were able to come through and, and see it a few more times, and then finally able to see the end result and, and smoke it, and and so it's, it's really cool to have Ben, you know, through some of those steps, and like, yeah, I mean, you you killed it. You honestly really killed it. It, I mean, it, it checks every box. Like it it really is it really is some high quality shit, and that is why that is why you sir have a cup. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. You know, look, dude. Now, like I said, man, it, it, it's everybody in the whole way along, right? And it's the breeder. It's, you know, about making sure it's good, clean genetic material. And ultimately, it's about the cultivation and, you know, the team, the cultivation team, ultimately, right? So, you know, every, you know, you know, it's like, you know, it's funny about this business in a lot of ways, because I think a lot of people kind of get a little cutthroat about like genetics or other stuff. And ultimately, I think we go a lot further along by actually helping, you know, like yeah. lifting each other up in a lot of ways. And, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're growing, you know, this whole business is growing in a lot of different ways. So. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, that's a cool thing. I think I've noticed a lot about the, the industry and just some people that are like in my circle that I, that I know and, and do stuff with. And like the thing about the, those people is that like you can smoke other people's product having your own in the market and growing your own thing you can smoke other people's stuff and admire it and you can you can hype them up and they can hype you up and you guys can have like a a cool dynamic and it's not like oh fuck you like I, I'm not I'm not as good as you type shit or like you suck it's like yo I have some fire you have some fire let's fucking get hot you know what I mean it's like it it's it's not it's not the crazy like you know what I'm saying like it it, it is cool to be able to enjoy other people's products, but I want to segue real quick 
Um, so speaking of like interesting backstories that kind of brought us to this moment, you and I have have a funny one because um, I was just I was in Vegas and I didn't even go to MJ BizCon. I actually um, did the press at MJ Unpacked, um, which again weird tie-in. You blessed me with with some with some fire to bring down and smoke people out, um, and everybody everybody loved that. But I was just I, I was just at a party and I was wearing I was wearing a, a shirt that caught a lot of people's attention. A lot of people brought it up, and then we ended up I think that we were in the back. Um, and we may or may not have had to pay a security guard to be able to hang out in the back and, and smoke at that party. And so we were we were back there and, and we kinda we talked a little bit and then fast forward to you also getting a cup. So I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about your company and, and just, you know, what what brought you to the standard that allowed you to win this type of competition. Well first, yeah, it was hilarious seeing you at the party. Love the shirt. Did you say what your shirt said? No, uh, it said uh, it said friends don't let friends smoke Reggie. So yeah, definitely a noticeable shirt. But um, but yeah, uh, good meeting you out there. Funny running Likewise, into you yeah. here. Um, but I guess uh, what brought us to winning this cup? Um, it's a hard question, particularly. But I guess what I would say is uh, we we strive like like Joe here. Yeah. Um, we are all uh, OG stoners, a um, couple of us not from California. Yeah, exactly, right? So we, we spoke about both being from the East Coast and yeah. how uh, how blessed the California kids were to grow up, being able to smoke what they smoked on. Um, we've both experienced <laughs> buying dime bags and nickel bags of uh, brick weed, so... Uh, <laughs> So um, the evolution to come out here and be part of like the actual industry is amazing. Um, I'm not the creator of Buddy's brand, but I've been with the company for a long time. And uh, so, yeah, I guess we we got first place for the dabs and second place yeah. for the cart. <clears throat> yeah. So we first product we created um, as a brand was Live Resin um, Concentrate. We call it dabs because... We have so many different live resin products at this point that but that's where we started um we're mostly known for our vapes now which uh which is crazy because originally um when buddies was created we wanted nothing to do with the vape industry sure and rightfully so um oregon 2017 most of the industry was a bunch of distillate with uh non-cannabis terpenes basically call it hot dog water and uh no real differentiation between um between products, they're basically using just marketing, branding, uh, packaging, and stuff to uh, really sell the products. But uh, it wasn't true to the plant. Um, I mean, any, everyone smoked a vape cart that they were just like, "What is this that I'm smoking right now?" <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I don't mean to segue into this, but like, what percentage of carts out there are non-cannabis derived terpenes? Do you think it's like a, most of them? I, uh, yes, most of them. It's very, very difficult to have cannabis derived terpenes, but leading into the live resin uh, cart yeah. discussion, that that's a little different because now um, a lot more people are able to have it. But initially, yeah, we didn't want to be any, have anything to do with the vape market at the time, but um, Along the way, we ran into, actually it was accidental, we went, ran into a terpene extraction process where we were able to pull cannabis-derived strain-specific terpenes and a lot of them, um, and we're not using a process like steam distillation or some of the processes that other brands that have cannabis-derived terpenes are using. So um, the process we're using, um, we're able to pull the full strain profile and our yields are also much higher. So um, we entered the vape market in Oregon for the first time with a distillate with cannabis-derived strain-specific terpenes. And um, when most of other brands are using botanically, there's a lot of words from it, uh, botanical natural terpenes, but uh, it's non-cannabis terpenes. Uh, so coming into the market with that type of product, naturally for most brands, they would sell a premium product at a premium price. Sure. And because we had such a good yield, we were able to scale it and make it more affordable. And so we kind of said, hey, we didn't even want to be a part of this industry anyway. So, hey, let's do it our way. Um, let's provide a quality product at maybe a more affordable price than other brands were doing. 
And so, yeah, we entered the vape market for the first time with distillate, with cannabis-derived strain-specific terpenes, and sold it for less than most of the uh, botanical brands. And so, yeah, naturally gained a lot of traction that way. We won Dope Cup Oregon 2018 for the best vape cart. And, yeah, we, we grew all of a sudden not wanting to be part of a vape industry. And then, uh, but I feel that we did it the right way. So, um, hey, people are responding well to not only quality products and transparency and being true to the plant, but also getting that at an affordable price. So that's kind of the basis of everything we do now. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> back to our roots, everyone's trying to make a live resin vape cart and that's very, very difficult because when you're dealing with live resin, uh, THCA crystallizes. And when you put that into a vape cart, it's going to clog and it's not going to absorb into the heating chamber of a vape cartridge. So um, it's a big hurdle to try and make a full live resin vape cartridge, but because of the flavor of live resin, um, tastes great. So how, how do we make this happen? So what most other brands are doing they initially so when you're when you're dealing with live resin think of it in two different layers your bottom layer is going to be where your thca your diamonds form um and then you're going to have a top layer a liquid layer uh hte there's there's different terms for it but think of it as like the terpene layer that's where all the terpenes are going to lie sure so um the liquid terpene layer you can use that in a vape cart you can't use the thca the diamonds so most brands separate that HTE, the, the terpene layer, <clears throat> and then they blend it with some distillate to replace the THC that they just removed via the crystals, the THCA diamonds. Um, and so now you're working with a distillate, live resin, terpene layer blend, which not to say that's a bad product. That's still much better than using botanically derived terpenes or non-cannabis terpenes. You're still getting cannabis derived <clears throat> strain specific terpenes via that live resin terpene layer but um i guess what we're saying is that's not 100 percent live resin and um a lot of uh i guess a lot of uh others are not really specifying in their cartridges they just say hey this is a live resin cartridge and they're not being fully transparent that hey this is a blend of distillate with live resin terpene so again not to say that's a bad product but um we were able to figure out a process where we liquefy those crystals so we liquefy the diamonds and so we don't have to add any distillate so we do a cart we call it liquid diamonds live resin that's our trademark branded name for it but um yeah 100 live resin zero distillate added so that dab that we won the contest with um you usually couldn't smoke that in vape form but um we're able to liquefy the crystals in that dab Put in a vape cart so you can literally hit that dab hit the vape cart of the same strain same taste same high or same wow sorry. so yeah so it's it's uh <clears throat> i'll be i'll be real we we are mostly known for vape vape is my least used form of consumption so i am mostly a flower smoker so that white runs that we got to smoke before uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so good but um so yeah i I like to smoke flour mostly, um, and then I like to dab a lot, but uh, I'd basically completely given up on vapes. Um, I We still have distillate products, and they have a place in the market, but I personally, I've outdone myself on distillate. I can taste it. I don't like the high. I just, I'm kind of over it. Um, so I'd given up on vaping completely, but these, uh, the true live resin cards, I mean, again, I'm not at home like puffing on carts. I'm usually hitting my dabs, but I can take that same dab in cart form when I can't light up or smoke or whatever. And then I can go to uh, an event or hang out with family, whatever I need to do to be low key. Yeah. <laughs> so again, so vape carts aren't my most used form of consumption, but um, to have one that actually serves, uh, like, like I, I'm pretty confident that Joe, you're a flower oh, yeah. smoker and like you've like a true cannabis experience, but I guarantee you you would enjoy these, like, which is hard to say. No, dude, I 100% I agree with you, dude. I mean, uh, I, I got one in the judge bag. This is legit, oh, dude. Thank you. Thank it's you. legit, dude, right? You know, like, 
you know, like you said before, man, you know, when you do hit a lot of vapes, some of them taste better than others, right? And it was interesting kind of what you're saying about botanically or, you know, non-campus derived terpenes. I don't know a whole lot about vapes. I mean, like you said, they're non-campus derived. What other sources are there for terpenes? So um, terpenes are on all plants. So essentially, like, think of uh, terpenes as the essential oils of a plant. Um, so they're in all plants. Uh, cannabis does really cool stuff, though, with terpenes. And uh, so we've known for a long time, like, terpenes are what you smell. They're what you taste. But they do so much more than that, right? So uh, THC, a lot of people are still THC shopping. We got to get away from that. The uh, entourage <laughs> effect, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so uh, flower like cultivators, they they understand this, but um, unfortunately, in the uh, vape industry, there's a lot of misinformation and miseducation. Mostly, uh, a little bit of. Uh, I'm not gonna speak too much <laughs> on that, but but anyway, that there's there's a lot of. Uh, shortcuts taken and um, a lot of products that are not true to the plant. Um, you're basically smoking THC without all that other good stuff. So yeah. um, initially flavored THC and while THC is amazing, that is, uh, that's what kickstarts that psychoactive effect that we all like. Um, THC by itself, if you ever had it, it's not that cool. It's like, yeah, it's like kind of high, whatever, but um, it's Again, if you've ever smoked flour and then you smoke certain vape carts and you're like, oh, there's a big difference. Well, there's a lot of stuff missing there. You know, Tyrese and I were talking about this. Uh, you know, a lot of times when you go into a retail shop, you're only judging the weed, right? Maybe you get it to see through a case or yeah. like you're not able to touch it, smell it. I mean, on a certain, like, you know, and some, you know, nug or two that's been sitting in some jar out for, you know, who knows how long, right? Like, you know, so at the end of the day, you have to judge based on either THC levels or terpene levels, you know, and that's can make it really, really hard to, you know, I'm not necessarily interested in the highest THC. I, I want to know what like actually right. burns well, right? Yeah. You know, smokes good. So exactly. And, and so we're, we're now trying to bring, bring a lot of that into the vape market and trying to stay as true to the plant as possible. So, um, with our liquid diamond live resin carts, the 100% live resin ones, um, I tell people, hey, terpene percentages are going to range from 5% up to we've had stuff touched at 20%. We have no control of that. That's the plant. We have the same SOP for every strain we do, and then we let the plant do the work. And then we've taken it further because, hey, everyone's THC shopping. We're trying to evolve everyone into terpene shopping. So now when we get our testings back, uh, we actually, on the back of the box, we put the three most prominent terpenes in their testing. So our strains update a lot, but say someone knows the terpene they like, or they had a cart before that they are like, hey, it had these terpenes. Well, now you can go look on the back of the boxes and shop for terpenes rather right. than THC. No, I think that's really cool. I, like I said, I got a lot of... You know, Sergio, that's exactly what Sergio does. He literally prints it on the label so you know exactly, you know, what the terpenes are and how much you get of it. I got a lot of respect for that, man. You know, it's, you know, it's hard to have a perfect batch every time, but at least you're, you know, have a, at least give people a sense of what to expect, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, everyone, again, everyone thought before, hey, this is what I smell and taste or the terpenes, but they do so much more. That's, that's, THC is this, Kickstarter the high and terpenes are the driver that's going to determine where it wants to go and whoever when they first started buying weed was looking at the THC content no you looked at it you smelled it if you liked the way it smelled you usually bought it so um, let's go back to that but we can take it further now that we're a little further along and hey now you can't smell it every time but hey we're going to list the terpenes for you so you can at least shop for something better than THC uh, THC, again, if you're eating edibles and you need like a high concentrated dose, that's one thing. But when you're smoking or vaping, you only need so much THC. And if you're shopping for THC alone, you're going to miss a lot of your favorite strains every time. Yeah. That's that's so interesting because I haven't been like at the dispensary level like shopping for a long time. And then it was weird because I didn't smoke but I already had like followers and stuff. So when I started smoking, I just kind of jumped over the 
going shopping stage. So I so I miss a lot of those things. So it's really interesting to hear about terpenes and and what actually what what actually is in it besides just the THC because so many people are like, oh, if it's if it tests at thirty, I'm gonna buy. Like I don't I don't care about anything else. You know what I mean? And like it's it is interesting to see that there are so many other things that go into it that make something worth actually smoking. And yeah, working for the brand, having access to all this stuff, I'll tell you a lot of my favorite strains end up being the lower THC testers. And I feel like he could probably, with flour, I know when I'm buying flour, a lot of my favorite flour, it seems that it's never like, oh, I love that 32% THC so much. Like, yeah, I might've liked it, but um, that's not, that's definitely not like a standard across the board that the higher THC testers end up being my favorites. It's actually more the other way around. You know, like I'm constantly growing out a bunch of different strains, right? So I'm constantly trying new stuff. And, you know, it's funny, like trying it if you have, you don't know the test results and you actually look at it because there's been strains recently that I've had where I'm like, wow, that's going to be like super high. And it's, you know, like average, right? And yeah. it's, you know, it's all the other cannabinoids, it's all the other terpenes that kind of all contribute to, you know, what's going on. So, for me to actually be able to kind of see how I feel versus what the actual test results have been kind of cool, you know. And again, yeah, I, that's why I'm. I really don't. THC isn't the biggest thing for me. It's you know, the entourage of the, uh, yeah. Sorry, the entourage effect is a very real thing. Absolutely. Um, and people who don't know, I feel like a lot of people think they know, but maybe not necessarily. So, entourage effect. The easiest way I like to describe it is, basically, it's. When, when that plant grows, there's a lot more than just THC or CBD. And uh, as you start to isolate certain cannabinoids, so cannabinoids are CBD, THC, um, CBN, CBG, all that stuff. Um, when you start to isolate those things and remove them from the other aspects of the plant, they're going to reduce effect. So entourage effect is co- combining things like cannabinoids with terpenes and everything and then creating a greater synergistic effect. So it's like if you were to go to a club or a bar or a concert with a group of your friends and it's really crowded, when you're with all your friends, you're having a good time and everyone feels good, everyone's comfortable, there's always that friend that breaks off from the crowd, goes to the bathroom, whatever gets lost from all the friends, usually me. <laughs> but anyway, you're still there, you're still having fun, you're still having a good time, but you're like missing your group, yeah. missing yeah. your entourage, and then you find your friends, you're like, oh, boom, and then everyone's having a good time again. Yeah. So that's like the entourage effect, and that person getting lost would be like THC by itself. Like So like THC by itself, like, yeah, you're going to get high, but it's going to be missing. Like, it's going to be kind of like a blot high. Join that THC up with all of its terpenes, all of its entourage, its friends, much better experience. I, I feel Yeah, like- no, I mean, that, that was a really good analogy, actually. I like that because it's like, Imagine that you are a consumer, right? And you want to like go to a party and you can go hang out with this one person Just kick it with them at their crib just you and them whatever like that's not gonna be a bad time by any means And for some people that that's the wave But if you have a group and you guys are rolling 10 deep and you're all like homies You can you can grab on to each person and have and each one of them gives you something different You know what I mean? And and so that is that really cool experience when you when you are able to get a product and you know that it's gonna have a little bit of everything It's not just gonna be just you know just THC and and nothing else hundred percent I like that one too yeah thank you thank you 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 gave something I just was like you know what I mean but but yeah I mean every every individual cannabinoid every individual terpene has its own benefits and effects and so as you start to join all of those together you start to get a combination of all those benefits and effects yeah, I have a question though. I'm curious, like, so if you if you have a product and let's say you said you named the the top three most prominent terpenes, um, or you list the the three most prominent in that in when that we, product. So when we get the COA, the testing back, uh, it tells all of our terpene percentages, and so whatever the three most prominent from that testing is, yeah. we put it on the box. Yeah. Okay, so if I see that and I get that product and I I really enjoyed it for whatever reason, how can I now? Out of those three, isolate, I really like this one. Like, I want a product that's high in, in X, Y, Z. So, you know, I don't mean to jump in, no, but, I, uh, you know, I think there's, what, six dominant terpenes, I, I think is what it is. And, you know, like certain strains, um, Sergio was just talking about this to me, and this is the reason why this is sticking 
is you're talking about the pineapple pez and the two dominant terpenes are i think limonene and something else and those are cons- those are also the two most common terpenes for ogs okay right but you know while a pineapple does have kind of some gas right it's not what i would it's like it's definitely more fruit you know and uh tangy almost right but yeah. it so but it's funny that even though it's the same two terpenes you get it's like a total different nose right yeah no absolutely yeah and i i still can't fully wrap my head around all of it but but i i would imagine it's because of whatever's backing it up i don't know no but you know to kind of answer your question tigers right like for you know a lot of strains are going to have the same primary terpenes if that makes sense right or be similar so i think like there's gonna be certain families like you know gelatos are going to have a you know a common certain dominant terpene right so if people are into gelatos it's because you know so sure okay yeah no that that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense um so who who who's killing it i mean besides you guys obviously because you won but who who else out there do you think is is really killing the that game where they they also care about about making sure their product is is full and they're they're not just doing the the thc thing if you can think about anybody i mean i mean we just saw you know the blueprint guys very right? true and dude you know it's, it's funny we're just you know jordan and i were laughing about it it's like the first thing you do with like other growers it's like you know it's like you're trading jars it's like what do you got dude you know yeah. it's because you know like especially for you know people that like to smoke weed that grow like you know i i always want to see what other people have because you know it's probably going to be some fire yeah right absolutely and you know it's just like i just saw a jar and it was fucking gas right yeah you know? so yeah, that's like always one cool thing for me is for like growers to kind of always like trade nugs or like, you know, check each other's stuff out. Because like straight up, dude, I'll be like, yeah, you know, you know, like right away you can judge, you know, you either got respect for somebody or not, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, true. So how, if you, so being somebody that, you know, that does grow and that you know what needs to go into a product to make it at the level where you, where you currently are, when you see somebody else's product, how much can you right off the bat tell about, about them based on the product that you see you know so first of all like what well, i kind of judge but it's like do i want to like burn this right and what really kind of what i mean by this is is it like a nose does it have a, a nose that i like right so i always like gas your stuff like chems and sours back in the day and og right so i'm like you know i'm into gas like that's just my that, like you know yeah when I, when I get a good nug good jar some gas and i'm just like yes like yeah oh, let's go right so for me it you know like i just you know that jar was you know i think it was p90 and it's like you know it's like you know you know like exactly the yeah. nose i'm into like i'm like yeah. let's roll you know, let's twist this up you know like so like right off the bat, if it's the same kind of like strain nose that I like, you know, right off the bat. But then again, it's, you know, it's like, you know, how does it burn, man? Right? Yeah, true. Because I've seen a lot of beautiful buds that, you know, taste like shit. Yeah. So, how common is that? Um, You know, I think it's pretty common. And part of it has to do with, you know, one of the things you kind of asked about, like how to judge other people's weed is, you know, is it like dried properly? Is it cured properly? You can kind of tell those things just by, you know, squeezing the bud and feeling the bud if it's, yeah. you know, so like literally it's not just looking at it, it's also squeezing it and then being able to smell like how much of that, like right off the bat, you're gonna be able to tell a lot about a flower. And you know, so, and again, you know, if you're watching the drying process and the curing process, like, you just put all this time into it. It makes sense that you don't rush that. You do it properly. And like that's big thing off the bat is if it's, if flour's been dried properly and cured properly, the people growing it probably or the people doing it probably, you know, have a good enough sense that, hey, like we're actually producing good product. You might as well try right. and make it, you know, good throughout the whole process. So Absolutely. I, I have a question because <clears throat> I, I smoke flour pretty much all day, every day. <laughs> um, from... From someone like you, I I tend to see a lot of the like top shelf brands and end up with. So what I hate is I'll see something that like looks beautiful, smells beautiful, but then it's just rock fucking hard. I don't know. I don't know if I'm yeah, yeah, uncensored. You're good. Um. So so uh, and then I mean just like I feel like the harder it is, 
the hotter it burns and harsher it gets. So like finding a happy medium of like like a good dense bud that still has like some squish to it, not so f- fucking pebbly. Yeah. Um. Wh- what's going on there? Is that the genetics? Is that the I, growing I th- process? I think a lot of it is genetics, and you know, to a certain level too, it's not just genetics, right? You know, we can all grow the same strain and end up with three different buds that kind of, you know, they're all kind of identifiable, right? Maybe they're like brothers and sisters, right? You know, you got some yeah. brothers that look identical, right? And then you got some brothers that, you know, yeah, do not look the same. So, exactly. you know, at, at the end of the day, a lot of it too is the environment. And it's also like, how is it being grown? And, you know, was it too hot or too cold? Or And so a lot of it at the end of the day is, you know, as much as it is genetics, you know, meaning like kind of rock hard. Yeah, I'm sure I could take that bud and probably make it larfy as possible, right? Whether it's like, you know, not, you know, it's not something you'd, you'd laugh about yeah. trying to smoke, right? So, you know, some of it is genetics too, but then some of it may be that some genetics are a little bit more prone to more density and somebody's running, you know, is growing in a style which promotes bud density, if that makes sense. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that I play into, but I think a lot of it is genetics. Definitely. So what do you what do you like to smoke on? Shit, I I'm a I'm a true fan. I like fucking everything. Honestly, like uh, I'm all over the board. Like where a lot of like heavy all day smokers say that they don't like sativas, stuff like that. Um, I smoke sativas, indicas, all that. Again, like honestly, I'm at the point where I we all know sativa indica that it's all bullshit at this point. Uh, Sativa indica, correct me if I'm wrong, is a structure of a plant, not a feeling necessarily. Um, so there, theoretically, it's two. It is two distinct types of plants, and, and sativas were typically more equatorial, and you know it's like hotter temps, the days are closer. They, they flower for a really long time, or can flower for a really long time, like five or six months, right? So compared to what most commercial strains are, basically just about two months. So. And then, you know, you have Indicas that grew more so like in the mountains in India, you know, Pakistan, Afghanistan, you know, it's, so you've got winters and altitude. And so the plants kind of just throughout natural selection kind of adapted to the environments. And so, but at this point, nobody is growing sativas, no, that like any, that you're ever basically getting because, you know, at this point, most flour is just production and money. And why am I going to run a strain that I can harvest six times a year versus a strain that I might be able to get two harvests a year out of or yeah. or three harvests a year out of? That makes sense. Right? So, yeah, there are like these hardcore people growing sativas and chasing sativas that like are growing in their basement, their garages, whatever else, and literally just, you know, trying to find that true sativa. But again it doesn't yield, typically they don't yield very well and they take forever. So, you know, again, it's just, you know, it, like, it, it's just a rare, you know, it's, it takes a lot of work, man. Yeah. So it's, you know, a lot of dedication, a lot of commitment to get it. So you got to really want it really bad, right? So. But so, is, is there a benefit to it though? Like if you have one and you do grow it out the right way for the whole time, is it, is it going to be different in some way? Straight up, dude, the last true sativa I smoked, I think was like 120 day uh, sativa or 135 days or something. I can't remember. It was, it was something I was like laughing about. I was like, you know, this guy's like ridiculous, right? Yeah. And, you know, like the first like joiner blunt I smoked, uh, I was like, wow, I got kind of, I was like, wow, like, you know, really high, but not really high. And it was like a little kind of anxious. And then, you know, like I smoked it like a couple more times. And it's like the third time I realized, I was like, man, this stuff makes me so anxious mm. compared to like the typical, you know, like hybrids, quote unquote, or indicas that we burn. So I burn normally. So it, again, I think a lot of it comes down to like what your personal preference is and you sure. know, what you like, what you're also looking for. So, 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 and that's what I was getting at. It's at, at this point, it's like, I'm terp shopping. So, um, and across, I like everything. I like, like he said, like the straight gas. Um, I like fruity strains. Like I still will smoke tangy where everyone's like, oh, no, 
offended by Tangie now. But, um, like, yeah, I, across the board, I just, I, my main thing is, and I, we talked about it earlier, is uh, switching it up and having different things to smoke at different times. And, and, uh, and then again, like, the terpenes that, like, limiting might affect me one way where it might affect you a different way and you a different way. Sure. Uh, everyone's bodies are different. So, like, just like um, I might like vodka or my brother might like whiskey or whatever and everyone processes different alcohols different same thing your bodies are going to react different to different terpenes so the main thing is just honestly the nose is the best way to start um you're when you smell the terps you your body's like yeah. responding to that so yeah. um so yeah i just kind of follow my nose and whatever i like to smell i usually like to smoke and um I don't really have like one brand I stick to. Like I'm more just a fan of like just finding good strains. Yeah. No, absolutely. So you said something interesting there and I so it it sparked some curiosity for me that the whole offended at the like to smoke tangy and, and stuff like that. So how often do things like that come in and out of in and out of trend and people loved it and then they all of a sudden hate it and and whatever. How often does that happen and and why does that happen? You know, so I, uh, obviously I'm from Boston, so Jack's were like the flower, it was the indoor flower. Like if you, it was like the major, it was the vast majority of weed before the, a lot of the weed was coming from California even, or even when there was a lot of weed coming from California, a lot of stuff was still Jack's. And like, if you smoked weed like in New England, or probably on the East Coast for a certain amount of time, like, like you you know jack i i just told him i remember the first time i saw jack and okay. the first time i saw sour diesel like so specifically exactly right and it's it was like this it was like a super super We're both common from strain. the east coast to kind of oh tie that me together. too yeah, yeah. <laughs> massachusetts also yep so, north carolina yeah right so but like it was jack was a strain that i saw a lot i'm sure you probably saw it a lot like it was just one of the strains okay so you know i not exactly you know, there's certain nostalgia factor, right? But at the end of the day, you know, I'm always kind of trying to find like the next thing I'm into that, you know, I don't even know about yet, right? Yeah. You know, like that's why like, you know, again, before growers, right? It's like you always want to see what somebody else has grown because like, what do you got that I don't even know about? You know what I mean? Right. So. Is there, is there like a good amount of secrecy with that? I know that um, Blueprint and they, they just said it on the last episode too, um, where they were kind of talking about how they don't, discuss their genetics at all they kind of just slap names on stuff so so when you when you're talking to somebody like that is there is there a level of like at, at that level when you guys both do it where you kind of can have those secrets between one another and you you let each other in on that or do you do you kind of just keep it to yourself and be like oh it's just whatever so if you grow long enough you know you start to run into strains and you know we were talking about gelato 41 in there yeah and you know like the difficulties of growing her well and you know so like just on that level yeah it becomes easier if i know the, the plant's tendency and you know the plant's tendency we have kind of a shared experience right it becomes a lot easier to like talk about hey this strains a lot like a biscotti or a gelato yeah. or an og whatever else you already kind of have a framework or a reference point of what you know kind of what to expect if that makes sense sure yeah so yeah, that does make sense. So your dabs, I want to talk. I, I want to talk about those because um, you're so you're telling me that, that your cart basically, or not your cart, but um, your but your vape. I'm not losing anything from, so I can just drop the the your dab in a banger, and then I can just rip the vape, and I'm not going to be losing anything. The taste and and everything's going to be the same. So essentially, yeah. So. Every, um, so we have a few different types of oil that we do in vape carts at this point. Um, but for the liquid diamonds live resin, the ones that I was saying is 100% live resin with no distillate, they're just basically our dabs yeah. in, in the vape. Yeah. So every strain that we make, we make essentially a big batch of live resin, uh, THCA crystals form. Um, we package it with them in solid form into the dab pucks for dabbing. And then we take the rest of the batch and we do that one more step where we're liquefying the THCA, yeah. put in the vape cart. So, um, so yeah, every strain that we have in dab, we have in vape form. And, 
um, yeah, you can hit them back to back and basically I've done it with so many different strains. Uh, the, the variance is going to be just like, so if you take that dab and you put it in a puffco versus, uh, like a quartz banger versus whatever these different devices are, uh, the heat of that device is going to alter the flavor. Sure. But, um, so, or vape cart or whatever. So that's why I was saying those vape carts, if you put it on a hot battery, it's going to taste like a hot dab. So, um, the variance that you're going to get is your heating source. So whatever your vape battery is versus your quartz banger or whatever, that's going to be the variance, but it's so obviously the same thing. Like, like you can hit them back to back and it, my mind was blown the first 15 times I did it. I was like, no, yeah. way, no way, no way. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so, so dope. Is anybody else doing that, that process or <clears throat> is that a just you guys thing? So I, I can't speak to, um, other brands specific processes, but, um, but off the top of my head that like brands that we think are doing something similar and they're preaching the whole message of hundred percent live resin, no distillate, um, coming into California, um, the most notable brand we knew of was friendly farms. Okay. Um, so we, we love the message they preach, 100% live resin, zero distillate. They're doing their cured resins now too, which for the people that don't don't know, it's just a live frozen starting material versus a cured material. But um, but that's a that's a, the most notable brand we knew of that was doing a similar process. Sure. Um, and and then like Alien Labs and Connected, they have some 100% live resin. Um, I think uh, Ursa is a brand that has uh, been preaching the 100% live resin, zero distillate. Um, so I have, I have a question. Are they all using the same manufacturing process to make? So that's what I'm saying is uh, we know what our process is. And so, and we own and operate our own manufacturing facility in each state that we're licensed. So, um, so it's our process. We're making the oil. I, I don't know what other brands' processes are, so I, it's hard to speak to. So, I, I mean, you know, when you talked about making it, you know, you talked about the top terpene layer and then the THC layer on the bottom. Are you able to put just that top layer in a cart, or like, is there, is there not any THC in there? Or very no, there is, there is, there okay. is. Um, yes, the question, uh, the answer is yes, you can. Um, I don't know the exact numbers of how much THC could be in there. I've heard it somewhere around like 30 to 50%, but at, don't quote me on that. I don't know that exact yeah, yeah, yeah. number. Um, but yes, you can do it. The main issue that I know of is it's going. It's already hard to sell like a 70% THC cart. So like going lower, that's, that's very difficult. But from a functionality standpoint, the hardware, it's going to be a big hurdle because that, terpene layer by itself the viscosity it's so thin that uh you'll deal with leaks easier so that's that's another thing that brains are doing um not only does adding distillate back increase your thc scores but distillate so thick thickens it up it's less leaking issues it's also a less expensive oil that you can fill more carts with so it does a lot of things but um but yeah that terpene layer technically by itself yes yes you can do that um i think there is a brand that does that I don't want to say specifically because I'm not 100% sure that that's what they're doing but sure. um, but but yes you can't you technically yes you can do that now it, it's funny you know I just like think about sometimes growing weeds so hard but at the end of the day like I'm just growing a plant and then you start to get into like the science of it yeah right and there's like so much I just you know don't know about a lot of you know so just really interesting for me to get to be able to learn and see like you know again get to see how you know a, a high quality product actually gets made and why it's better right so you know it's just it's kind of easy with flour right i mean but maybe not so because you don't know if i'm you know people could be using pesticides or you know who knows how they're growing right so but for the most part i feel like a you know a bud is a bud right like as long yeah. as it's not moldy and you know looks pretty good it's a lot easier. Exactly. Like if you're if you're going shopping at a dispensary or whatever it is, uh, yeah, you can see the flower. A lot of times you can smell it. Um, 
but when you're buying a vape cart yeah you're you're pretty lost um and then the other thing that we deal with and have dealt with um is the uh, miseducation moving from the traditional market into the legal market and uh so darker oils got a bad rap because in the traditional market um dark oil was bad because it was dirty um when we came out with our 100% live resin cartridges, you see what the color of live resin is. It doesn't look like that clear distillate stuff, right? So when you put that into a cartridge, all of a sudden people are like, oh, this is dark. This is bad. It's like, yeah. no, 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 no. There's a difference in like brown, black, and like this like golden amber. So um, yeah, a bit, big hurdle of, oh, dark oil is bad. To, oh, no, our dark oil is better than our clear oil. So yeah. Man, time flies. Thank you so much, you fucking wild first place champions that you are. We got buddies and good greens in the house. Any shout outs, Joe, to any friends, family out there, my brother? No, I just want to uh, say thanks again to the Cultivation Team, uh, team uh, Ray, uh, Phil, and Luis. Fuck yeah. Nick, my brother, from another mother. Thank you for having me. Any shout outs, friends and family out there? Shout out to my whole family back in North Carolina. And see in the house, baby. Thank you so much for joining us, and it was fucking great to have you guys part of the cup and look forward to what you guys are going to bring the heat on because the competition is just going to get wilder and wilder on the next Haze Cup. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you for bringing your brands and participating with us, and I hope everyone that got to go to the party and tried it Loved it. I know they did. Ty, any last words? I mean, just thank you for having me on, Andrew, and thank you to you guys for making a high-quality product. Thank you. Let's go fucking smoke and take some of that shit down. (laughs) White roots.